Hello, Rasa. How are you doing? I feel pretty good right now. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. What more can I ask for? Perfect. Ready to know everything? Let's do it. Today, I want to talk to you about the satisfaction of doing things yourself. D-I-Y. Yes. As you might know, I like to do things myself. It's just so fun. And I want to talk to you about why it feels good to do it, too. Okay. So let's say my lamp broke. Yes. I remember it got knocked over recently, so we were worried it was broken. Yes. I'm so afraid it's my favorite lamp. It has the pineapple. It's a beautiful lamp, a pineapple lamp. Yes, I love pineapples. But anyway... What happened, remember, was together we fixed it. Yeah, we took a look and it seemed like the pieces were totally separated. But then we realized that if we took the light bulb itself out, we could link them back together and the metal clicked together like a puzzle piece. And all of a sudden it was sturdy, solid and working. We screwed the light bulb back in. We flicked the switch and bam, the light bulb is fine. It worked. And you might have noticed that is so satisfying. Yeah, we went from having to spend money, go shopping, go figure out something new that was going to break itself and just seem like life was hopeless to, ah, I rolled up my sleeves and I practically built this pineapple lamp myself. (laughs) (laughs) And it just felt so good. It's like, bam, it's fixed. We did it. Yay. I even appreciated it more. It felt less like something that just came in my house and I plugged in and more like something I had contributed to. Yeah, because you did. So what are some other examples for you? A couple of years ago, I started making my own lunch. I still make my own lunch and I also make my own breakfast. Yeah, it was driving us crazy because we wanted to make something nice for you. But then we wanted to be appreciated and we wanted you to not waste a single bite. And so if you didn't finish it or you scraped part of it off or you didn't like it in the first place or you were doing something else, we'd get really frustrated, wouldn't we? Yeah. We're like, Rasa, you have to eat it. I'm really disappointed. Shame on you. Your snack is your leftover lunch. I feel like we had that conversation over and over again after school. But... You started making it and not only could I not complain because I wasn't doing it anymore, you started eating everything. I I just knew what I liked and I knew exactly what I wanted that day. And so I made it and I liked it. I think I had the fear that it would become all junk foody, but it isn't. You put goldfish and little treats in there, but there's fruit, there's vegetables, there's bread, there's cheese. Yeah. But how does that feel for you? It feels really nice when I know I worked hard on this lunch and I packed it. I packed everything I wanted, and now it's delicious, and I can eat it. I feel so good. And it's the same with my breakfast. I made that egg. I toasted that toast, and now I can eat it, and it's delicious and amazing and just yay. Sometimes you even made my breakfast, too. Yeah. Is there another example of doing it yourself? Another example is this show. I mean, I do my part and I don't tell you what I'm going to say and you don't tell me what you're going to say. And we just talk. And I remember when I was about eight years old and I would listen to the car to this podcast that was on the radio called Pi Asks Why. Yeah. And I just thought that was so amazing. And I'm just like, I wish I could have a podcast 
that's so cool. I didn't think I'd ever be able to have a podcast, and I wished I did. And I'm like, he's he's only a teeny bit older than me. He's only 10, which is the age I am now. But I didn't think I'd ever would. And here we are. And we have a podcast, and it's on Spotify. It's also on the radio. And it feels good to do it. And people like it and say, hey, I like your podcast. And that just makes me feel happy and nice. And I just like it. It just feels so good. And I think about the vexing question part of our show where you have a question for me and I research it. But then there's the part where I have a question for you and you research it. And I'm guessing that the ones that you have to research yourself, even though I'm the one who had the question, you probably remember those better because you had to find the answer yourself. It's DIY yeah. research. Yeah. And it feels good when I finally know the answer to your vexing question because I had to figure it out myself. Well, I guess the best way to learn is to teach and the best way to appreciate is to do it a bit yourself. Yeah. Well, thanks for DIYing with me too. Of course. Ready for today's poem? I sure am. What is it? It's by Robin Becker, and it's called My Friend John. I think of John with his head like a great peninsula, bearing the twin ottomans of his shoulders, with the kind eyes of a draft horse. He goes about his work, chopping wood with his telephone pole arms, like a cold stove flame his wide chest amidst the heat. But his hands, careful as a watchmaker's, extract ice from the dog's paws. Soft as a cashmere sweater, his voice calls. Sweet as a chocolate mousse, his disposition welcomes. Reliable as a lifeboat, his trustworthiness comforts us. I think of John with his head like a great peninsula. Mm, So many metaphors in that poem. What an amazing guy John is. Wow. You want to read it? I'd love to. My Friend John by Robin Becker. I think of John with his head like a great peninsula, bearing the twin ottomans of his shoulders. With the kind eyes of a draft horse, he goes about his work chopping wood with his telephone pole arms. Like a coal stove aflame, his wide chest emits heat. But his hands, careful as a watchmaker's, extract ice from the dog's paws. Soft as a cashmere sweater, his voice calls. Sweet as chocolate mousse, his disposition welcomes. Reliable as a lifeboat, his trustworthiness comforts us. I think of John with his head like a great peninsula. It's such a cool poem. There's so many metaphors. What are some of them? Well, his head is like a great peninsula. I think of Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his shoulders are like twin ottomans, like a couch you can lie on or a cushion you can put your foot. He has the eyes of a horse. He chops wood with telephone pole arms. His chest is like a stove, and his voice is as soft as a sweater, and his disposition 
His personality is sweet as chocolate mousse, as chocolate <laughs> dessert. So she picked all these different things, horses, peninsulas, ottomans, stoves, sweaters, dessert, and found her friend inside them, didn't she? Yeah, sure did. What is your favorite part of John as she describes it? I like how his hands, gentle as a watchman, extract ice from the dog's paws. Yeah, he seems so powerful and hot and strong and almost scary in the beginning of the poem, even though it's complimentary. But then there's this really precise part and really tender part, taking the ice out of the dog's paws. Yeah. If you were to compare my disposition to some kind of food, what would you say? I'd say his arguments are as tangled as spaghetti. <laughs> what would you say is a good metaphor for this podcast? Can it be a chocolate sundae with brownies and sprinkles and whipped cream and a cherry on top? So it's sweet or it's full of calories or it's <laughs> overwhelming or what? <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, maybe with some bicycle seats and parakeets and robots thrown in there for the mix? Sure, why not? Last segment of the show. Do you have a question that is rather vexing? I do. I was observing our new kittens lying on the windowsill, and one of them seemed to be sleeping in a way that seemed like she was in a dream. And I wanted to know, do cats have dreams? Wow, I've been wondering this question myself. I'll look it up, research it, and get back to you. Mm. The answer is that cats do dream. Wow, okay, it was real. Yeah, and they dream for the same reason that humans dream, to process the things that happen during the day. It's a little bit like a clogged sink. When you go to sleep, your brain's full of stuff from the day. If you didn't dream, it would just stay there and fill up. It's a way to make sense of everything that's happened all day. While you're sleeping yeah. conveniently? Dreaming clears all those things away. Dreaming is how you make sense of the day. And nightmares, things like falling out of the sky or being chased by a giant, are to help you process what to do in scary situations. In the future? Yeah. So cats have the same fears and desires that we do, or at least the same? No. Oh, okay. They probably don't dream of things like failing school or roller skating. They dream of things that happen to them. Like, I imagine they could dream of making their owners give them more food or sitting in somebody's lap and being petty. Wow. There's one thing I think you've got a little bit flipped, though. We dream at night, but it seems to me, at least when I saw the cat, it was dreaming during the day. Yeah, cats are nocturnal, so they're more likely to dream in the day and chase each other at night. You must know everything was produced by me, Rossa Smith, and him, Jeremy Smith. And the amazing music was by Furniture. Learn more and submit your own vexing questions at our website, 
youmustknowEverything.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you like to listen. Please rate, review, and share the show. And please tune in next time for everything you need to know.